Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Epic things. The kind of things that make life worth living. Maybe. Epic things. Kind of things that make it hot. <laughs> epic things. Time for another one of those epic things. Thank you to the singer. Oh, wow. Wasn't that lovely? He well is, done. He's well getting done. better. He sounds a little off today. He's getting better every time. Sounds like he's had a few bloody... Sounds like he did a show last night. It went very well. Got a bit excited. Had a drink with his agent. Got home and then your wife was there with her friend <laughs> and they all got really drunk together. Does it sound like that? You can pick That's up a lot. You can pick up a lot from the sound was of it. A, yeah. Was there a tremor of like you were drinking with my wife there, Pete? That I saw a flicker in your eye. Oh, there was a flicker of um, no. Well, the singer was drinking with my wife, and I didn't even realize. Flick knife. Oh yeah, the singer. I yeah, didn't yeah. even realize that they'd met. Well, the singer had a lot of fun, but he's very much regretting it this morning. He thought uh. a quick. A quick nap would sort him out, <laughs> but it didn't. And and the singer's the singer's still in his pants and looks like death. It's too much for the singer. The singer who's also also doing my show Death of Anna Man at Soho Theatre every night mm. and loving it. But these shows they're too much. <laughs> it's too much for my brain. I it's it's you know I'm very tired from oh. drinking. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> And so is the singer. But apart from that, very happy, very happy. Good. Um, hello, Pete. How are you, Pete? Did you get a drink I at all last night? I am very well. I had a little, a sturdy little Malbec uh, on my own. Oh, lovely. Yeah, a couple of glasses. Oh, um, and a sensible amount. Yeah, a sensible amount. And um, I, I, I was going to bore you with what I was actually doing, but I'm not going to do that. But I, I, I will. I, you're, you're getting bored. Um, I was trying to make a little social media video. Uh, just, you know, you've got to do your socials, haven't you? I was going to do like a so little... So important these yeah, days, it really is. It's, so, I no, hate it. No, I hate so it. so important. I hate it. I was making a little magic trick video. I think and that's I, the work now. Social media is the work now. I was making this little magic trick video, and it's a, a trick that's about like one second long, right? And I did about a thousand yeah. takes of it, and I was literally going insane. I was, I've just been watching through oh, the... Fuck. The footage and it's like I'm literally having a breakdown on camera on my own oh, in no. this room. Um, yeah, that's been, that was my evening. So um, yeah, is there a point where you just go, "Fuck, magic isn't real"? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh shit! No, no. Oh shit! Wow. Fuck! Oh, Pete, um, I'm so sorry, but uh, you got there in the end. Yeah, I don't think I've ever recorded something for social media, and as you know, I'm uh, my social media um, uh, work is impeccable, but I. <laughs> I don't think I've ever re-recorded anything for social media. Oh, really? One, I think one I've always hit. gone, yeah, that'll do. Uh, <laughs> First <laughs> because time, I, I every time. Because of my age <laughs> of 92, yes, I think I still feel like it's not a real thing. <laughs> and yeah. so it, it doesn't really require any real effort or belief mm. uh, or, or work or ethic and... 
But then I also feel the same about my professional work. I also feel the same about my professional work. Yeah. So, you know. When you got a magic trick <laughs> and, and you, you realise quickly that it does yeah. involve actual effort because it looks fucking terrible and you can see exactly how it works in every mm. single take except one and you're like, oh, I guess I've got to use that take there. Um, yeah, it's, it's not oh, fun. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, I'm so glad my career is sort of based on bad acting. <laughs> <laughs> it's very lucky. Anyway, let's jump into this. Yep. Welcome Come to Epic Things. Down a lot. Well, I feel like I have. I feel like you have, and the singer has. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Epic Things. A Pete, show. Sorry, a show where. Uh, no, I will not say it again. You've, you've had it once. That's all you <laughs> get. A show where we talk <laughs> about things. <laughs> where we talk about things that lift you out of the mundane funk of mediocrity that some people call life. Um, today oh, we are. Sure, thank you. Today we're joined by Joel Morris. That's exciting. He's a TV Ooh. writer, a comedy writer. He's got a podcast. Well, he's got a couple of podcasts of his own. I used to listen to his Rule of Three comedy podcast, and it was great. And now he's got another one called Com- Comfort Blanket, I believe. Comfort I haven't Blanket. Listened, haven't listened to that yet. Want to though? And he's written for loads of my favourite comedy programs, and he's here now, pretending that he's not. Uh, welcome, Joel Morris. To Thank, things. Thanks. For, thanks for opening the door and letting me in because I haven't been here until now, and now I'm here. Thank you. Um, can I just say, I also. Welcome. Uh, well, I also got drunk last night, and there was no reason. My wife was away, and I was on my own. And I thought I'll have a shandy and be go to bed early. And then woke up this morning, realised I got drunk on my own, uh, and I was I was taste testing two whiskeys. What were you the what, most... on shandy? No, no, I had one shandy. I thought, oh, that's good. I can go to bed. And then I looked. There were two bottles of whiskey on top of a cupboard, and I thought I should find out which oh, one of those God. tastes the best. Oh. I think my brother asked, oh, which one of those is best? And I thought I'll find out one day. I thought I'd get some friends around, and I thought no, I could. I'm watching Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I could drink all those whiskeys, and that's what I did. <laughs> The most dad thing that's ever happened. I have to do happened. it. That's I have to do it. I was um, in character. Did I you... was George Smiley. <laughs> Were you smoking cigars and, and yeah, sort of getting and involved not, with Russians? Not talking about my emotions and especially reenacting my school. If I'd gone to a really tough boarding school, it was that. No, I, I didn't go to a tough boarding school. It was, no, it was, it was no. brilliant. Um, but I woke up this boarding, morning and thought... Boarding school role play, that's a fun thing to do on your own at night, isn't it? Pretending. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of what you do if you if you watch John Le Carre. You're kind of pretending you went to boarding school. I haven't seen that. Is it good? Is it? Is it a good it's great. film? Yeah. I oh, know it wasn't the film. It was, it was the t- it was the TV series. I was watching. I, I, watched, oh, I, I, I did oh, this, wonderful. I, I, I was talking to Colin about this. I do this podcast where I ask people to bring on a thing that they find comforting. Uh, mm. And what it means is that people choose my viewing for me. It's you like an epic thing. You know? I like an epic a thing that makes them Sorry. they go back to again and again and again that makes them feel safe. Uh, and someone had chosen Tinker Tailor. And I thought, well, I've only ever seen one episode of it, so I had to watch seven episodes of it. And it was it was my viewing for the week. It's someone else decides what I have to watch. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. It's like the BBC used to be. They put the television on for me, not like the Radio Times. It's lovely. So I haven't watched anything new. Had you seen it before, Joe? I said one episode. I've done the comedy writer's thing of saying I've seen it. Yeah. But I've seen one episode, which is enough to do a sketch. Yeah. <laughs> you've seen you see one. So you can you can do the sketch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I get it. All right, I don't think I've ever actually got through an episode. No, any, it's really slow. Anything? I no, don't same know. here. Unless it's things like, but of anything. But for that reason, I sort of go, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think I finished the first episode even of things, which is rubbish, isn't it? But is it as good as the the remake? I actually thought was a bit boring. Yeah, because I think I think it's one of those things that it's very odd to talk about. Yeah. You can't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And the only way it makes sense is for it to be seven hours long and just be full of people going, this makes no sense, which is great, which is lovely. I like that. It's very relaxing. But also very good to have a large scotch with. <laughs> Did you finish the scotch? 
I finished the scotch and I finished the series. Did you finish I finished both those things. Yes. I finished both those things. It felt like a huge Fuck. achievement. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. Done well. When you say you finished the scotch, you finished the bottle of scotch. No, no, I finished two large scotches. That's what I did. I had bedtime, large which scotches. is a bad idea. Don't do it for bedtime. And- it's a bad, bad nightcap. Ugh. Was Shandy the Shandy as well? Yeah, it was or the real was Shandy. Like, was it actual Shandy or was it, are you saying Shandy as in an... I'd made it handmade. No, it wasn't the hand shandy. Oh, you... No, no, it was, uh, it, was, it was handmade shandy. It's a different thing. <laughs> uh, I forgot the phrase hand shandy as well. It's also <laughs> wonderful. I'm already having a lot of fun. This is really getting me out of the hangover. Um, but you went shandy straight to whiskey. That's a jump that yeah. I don't think I'd be prepared to take. I think it was. I was having the shandy and I couldn't do it. I couldn't carry on. Not with watching, not with watching those hard seventies men. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I felt embarrassed. Clambering <laughs> to bed and you're pissed as well. You sort of feel like ah, it's it's a horrible feeling. You, I feel like shamed. I normally feel that, and then last night I felt that it was the right amount of alcohol. You know that magic thing where you have <laughs> a glass of wine. Yeah. And I think that for 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 me, it yeah. turns that too large. I got to bed and I thought I'm smashed and really happy. <laughs> nice. And I woke up feeling fine. It was lovely. Oh, brilliant. That's nice. Do you know what? I, I had an experience the other day talking about a, an epic experience. Um, naming no names, but certain friends of ours, Pete, <laughs> gave me some um, cannabis oil. Can I say Ooh. that? Will Suella Braverman bash <laughs> down my door? I don't know. I think as but, long uh, as you it's... now explain that this didn't actually happen in case there's any police listening. Oh, yes, yes. It didn't uh, happen. But, uh, but if... did, the, did the singer Did the singer have some Jesus, cannabis oil? Yeah. The, Jesus Christ. I, well, I don't partake in such things for a long time. And I think I overdid it. And oh my God, I just sort of like, I couldn't move. I was like, it was like out <laughs> of partridge. I was lying on the sofa just like, I don't know what to do. I'm really panicking and like, like, do you know what I mean? Because so, my wife was out and I was suddenly going, she's out. What What will I do when she comes home? I can't move. And they were like, we're just going to have to leave you to yourself. You're just going to have, you'll be fine. Just get up. You'll be all right. And I was like, but I, I don't know how to move anymore. It was, it was truly awful. It was really. Have oh you, God. have you done? So I, won't do, I won't be doing that again, but I have to stop drinking. I need to get back into yoga and shit like that. It's <laughs> the only way. Swimming in the sea and all that. Um, but anyway, enough about drinking. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I literally watched as well on the way into my show last night. I, what, I saw this video on Instagram, which was one of those kind of dudes, uh, one of those self-help dudes, but he was a real kind of like, and he was talking about thinking in 5D. And I was like, what? Oh, cool. Whoa. You know, I'm immediately <laughs> sucking in by all that stuff. And he was like, it's probably TM, you know, 5D TM. But he, um, <laughs> he said... Uh, Alcohol is a neurotoxin. If you drink it, you're basically just shutting down the door to 5D. And I was like, no, he's right. He's right. I'm never going to drink again. Did the show, got absolutely wasted. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. How or, many... Like, oh, that guy said that thing. <laughs> How many D are you operating in now, would you say? <laughs> I think, I'm in like 2D, I think. Oh, really? I could be in 1D. It could be 1D. Well, What's 1D? What's like one dimension? Just a line. Just a pixel. Just a dot. Yeah, yeah, a dot. It's not even a line. I'm just a dot. <laughs> I'm a dot on the universe. Well, which I is humbling. Aren't we all? But also, exactly, is making me feel, you know, a certain... I'm inspired by the dot, the fact that I'm a dot. Good. I'm not at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, yes, that was a great introduction to this wonderful show. And Joel, you've got an epic thing 
we talk about a thing that is epic on this show and then a mundane thing. Could I? Could we hear your epic thing, Danny? Yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed about this because I just I thought of it because you said name an epic thing and I was doing the thing when you asked, which is I am... I, just did, I had scotch and watched Ticket to Soldier Spy. How much more middle-aged could I be? I also collect vinyl records and I find going and buying <laughs> vinyl records the thing, annoyingly more than my family and my career that makes me happy and makes me feel like the world's worthwhile. And it is a thing I'm quite aware is also a massive waste of time. <laughs> it's just, I, I find it really sobering that the thing I enjoy most is the thing I cannot justify. Maybe that's why it's fun. I think you can justify it in terms of this enjoyment, though. Sure, I mean, obviously you do, and that's why you carry on doing it. But yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool epic thing. Is it like um, secondhand vinyl? Are you, are you digging, yeah, the, digging in the, the crates? The, ch- the yeah. cheaper, the better. I, I don't have any idea of value. My, my brother bizarrely uh, lives in in Berlin, and it, and one of his jobs because if you live in Berlin and you can have a job like I don't know, standing at a traffic junction holding a sign is a massive career in Berlin. Uh, <laughs> but he sort of he, de- he delivers some vegetables on a bike a couple of times a week, and the rest of the time he just values records for people for websites. Oh, wow. That's his job, oh, and that's, you, that's that. You Is that because amazing... they get good benefits and so on? Uh, no, basically he, he earns that's that that's that's a career. As in, it's quite a one of the great things. I will talk about Berlin, but one of the great things about Berlin is you can be quite poor and have an excellent standard of life. Mm. Which you can't yeah. do in London or Paris. Lovely. It's one of those great cities. Like like New York used to be in the seventies. You can just you can just scuzz about. Yeah. It's lovely. But one of his jobs, he values vinyl, so he knows what they're all worth. And I have no idea. My favourite vinyl costs about three quid. Uh, if if I've got if I've got three of them for a tenner, that feels like a good purchase. So yeah. what's odd about it is I don't go for the things that are expensive. I don't spend very much money on an individual record. But I, what I've done is I got rid of all my music, like everyone did, mm. when iPods and digital yeah. came along. So in two thousand, I had a huge record collection. I'm a massive music fan, and I sold it all for about thirty quid or whatever you did back in the day, and bought a curry and went. Well, that was good. I got rid of all those CDs. Bought myself a curry, and then I've spent the next 10, 15 years buying it all again in a more inconvenient format that's hard <laughs> to find. And I realised that the fun of it wasn't the records; it was the finding. So, mm. for instance, I've got on my on my phone. I've got I've got the complete recorded works of ABBA on my phone. A huge box set, including studio demos, everything. I've got, I can listen to that any time I want to. But mm. what I'm doing at the moment is buying all of ABBA's LPs, which are turning out to be quite hard to find. I'm buying them one at a time. It's brilliant. <laughs> and As in you... the original versions of them as in the original doesn't matter or, I mean hopefully like, uh, not, not they're, like, they're like as in the vintage not, not a modern reissue yeah yeah hopefully uh, the, the best ones have got things like a little leaflet inside where you can send off for an ABBA sports bag um, my copy of the visitors oh, has got that the ABBA sports bag <laughs> offer in it but yeah I, just, I love I love them being old I love them being a bit battered they have to play hmm. oh and the other thing as well which you can do is you buy them and if you buy them in there, they're cheap. Mine are usually cheap. They don't. They're a bit scuzzy, and people have rolled cigarettes on them. And my brother, my brother, bought me for Christmas a record oh, no. cleaning thing. Oh yeah, is it a so machine what, or what is it? Oh, you just with the, you, it's a it's a it's a thing. It's a bath, and you turn a handle, and it and the, it baths the oh, gunge. Yeah. Right, right. And that has turned it from being a thing that's to do with music into a thing that I think middle-aged men really like, which is a thing where you can tinker, yeah. like fixing a motorbike. <laughs> like a potting shed. Yeah. yeah, and I just I just do it on the kitchen table. I have a huge, I, I like a washing up rack full of full of horrible 1970s singer-songwriter vinyl that I wash more my, my uh, Gordon Lightfoot and Donovan records sometimes I don't even like, but I, they're cheap, <laughs> so I buy them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Amazing. then I learned to like them. Washing the records. And do you, do you, how often do you have to wash them? Like, do you, do you go, do you do like a, a once a month for going through the records <laughs> and giving them a good scrub? While your partner does the dishes. In, in theory. It's wash in day. The, in, in theory, because it's a German machine, you only need to wash them once with a disco anti-stat process. And they're supposed to then re- reject <laughs> dust and things. Uh, you probably might have done them a couple of times. But I did. I was imagining the machine the was telling you that. Yes, there's orders. It barks at you. Yeah, yeah. sort of you, voice. You, no, you only have to wash a... it. You buy it. You wash it. Wash it. it washes all the guns off, and it's then maybe a, if you... it's not a regular task. No, no, no. It's just, but the more you buy, the more the washing has to happen. And I realise it has stopped being to do with even the music. It is to do with the music that's on them. It started being a thing where I was finding comfort in the act of collecting, and yeah. that I'd felt really lost when I had no physical records. I had nothing to look at. Yes, say, I, like, I agree with you on that. They they don't they they might as well just not exist. I sort of have this yeah. connection with Spotify, you know, that I kind yeah. of like. It goes on when I'm on the train or whatever, and I listen to a few. But then it's like the same ten tracks or something. I don't listen. But they don't matter as much. I think there's there's a there's a bunch of stuff about it. I I I got converted to it because I'd got that. So I got so excited the first time I had an iPod and it had more than. I got really excited the first day I'd put ten records on an iPod and put it in my pocket and went. Oh, I couldn't carry ten records. They're too heavy. And it was suddenly, I got really excited that it could have all my music on it in any order I wanted to, and I was in total control. And then that that passed really quickly, and I realised that I wasn't appreciating the music. I was just, it was just, it was like having the radio on in the background, even though it was my music. It, it wasn't chosen properly. Mm. Um, and I tried to get into making playlists and choosing things, and got into that for a while. But then I went on a work break to uh, the seaside, borrowed a cottage by the seaside to write a script. And they had a vinyl player there. This is Did you just cool. knock on the door? <laughs> I'm going in. I'm Sorry, coming do you in. mind if I borrow this cottage? I'm just <laughs> Get out. I requisitioned it like, like you would do in Tinker Taylor. Yeah. This Excellent. is needed. Her Majesty I'm needs sorry, this. I'm writing for the BBC. You're going to have to. <laughs> it's for like national security. No, but I, I, mean, I borrowed a cottage off, off a, a friend of a friend and went so there. And they had a vinyl player. And I went, oh, I haven't Lovely. played one of these for ages. Hmm. And I found that. And this is, I don't know if you've done this as a writer. Do you know Pomodoro technique? Yeah. Where you're supposed to work for 20 minutes. Yeah. Yes, That's, 25 minutes. Yeah, there's a yeah. set thing. What it's you do very is good for ADHD, sit- apparently. I try yeah, and use it. I find it incredibly useful. I can't yeah. concentrate for two hours. I, I, if, it, if you put Spotify on and try and work, it plays all day. And you don't stand up and you get really bad yeah. back. And sorry. But 20 minutes, I can get a couple of lines done or a scene done. It's good. And I found that one side of a record was 20 minutes and you had to stand up and either put on a different yeah, record nice. or turn the record over. Oh, and it lovely. made me pop. And the record player was on the other side of the room, so I had to stand up and walk across. And I worked better than I've ever worked before. And then I realised it wasn't just to do with practicalities. It was also that artistically, a side is the perfect amount of music. Five songs. I don't often want yeah. to listen to 15 songs by one person. Mm. And yeah. also, I don't want Otherwise to listen to... it's just background as well, isn't it? It's not and also, it's if like it keeps changing, whatever, yeah. if it keeps changing, if, it, if uh, the Beatles and then Nick Drake and then Diana Ross, it's it's all scrambled. But if you listen to five great Diana Ross songs in a row, you think, oh, that's Diana Ross. Um, it's great. I, I just, I, I, so I, I argue there's a practical reason for it, but there isn't. It's mainly about hunting in boxes. <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I like all that. I like the, the ownership feeling as well. I feel yeah. like mm. there's something about even the cleaning thing. It may yeah. sound a little boring, uh, you could say, and a, a, you know, a banal thing to I do. Can imagine, I can imagine getting oh, stuck into it. But it's though. also like because there's so little in life that we can, we feel 
I've got that and I, yeah. I clean it. You know, like my There's shoe, ownership. I clean my shoe, yeah. I clean my, you know. Because everything you can is do as well. You can put really music on. anymore. <laughs> you can yeah. put music on while you're cleaning. Oh, you, can, you can clean a record and then put it onto yeah. You're forced to sit still and listen to it and pay full attention while you're watching the next one. Um, it's really... But the ownership yeah. thing, I think, holding it in your hands and knowing this is mine... In yeah. a world where, I don't know if you found this with, with streaming TV and things, that maybe you love something that's on Netflix and then one day it's not because the mm. contract's expired. It's gone, yeah. yeah. Um, and I like yeah. the feeling of owning stuff and it's, it's the opposite of that Marie Kondo, you're free by getting rid of stuff. And I realised I got rid of my stuff and then felt yeah. really, really trapped by not having the stuff mm. because I'm a stuff person. I like clutter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think there's definitely something in not having loads of shit because I definitely grew up with loads of stuff everywhere and I, I've definitely <laughs> got that and it is kind of gross. But something where you've got, you've chosen it, I think is maybe the difference. You're very like, yeah. yes, this is, I want this particular record and I, I've got my German machine and I clean it. But- also CDs, so gross. Right, just looking at CDs now, you're like, ah, we've still got some CDs we can't get rid of. Oh, they're so ugly. <laughs> the little plastic teeth in the middle break off and they're all like loose in the case. Oh, oh, there's something really yeah. nice about how tactile vinyl is as well. You know, you've got the crinkly yeah. sleeve and then the sort of sh- the shiny. Mm. And, they're, they're, and also just the it's artwork's big. so much bigger. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like well, beautiful a, objects There's a theory as well. I was, I was told by a friend of a friend who, who, t- who got this off either a therapist or a psychologist. And they said that if you, and this might appeal to you, Colin, as someone who, who grew up with clutter and wants stuff, um, which is definitely me as well, um, that people who have uh, a complicated relationship with their emotions, either they were told to hold their emotions back or they have trouble knowing quite how they feel or they worry that their emotions yeah. might go out of control. And this guy said, sometimes what you want... All of the above. <laughs> sometimes what you want is an ability to... Like an external hard drive. What he said is, imagine uh, all the videotapes you ever had as a kid, if you used to take things off the telly, and the records and the books you've yeah. got, if you keep books and don't sell them. They're on a wall like cartridges... He said they're all memory cartridges, like, like, like the ones in Harry Potter, little balls that contain a memory. Uh, and they're attached yeah, to either, yeah. uh, very often, a time or an emotion. And if you have trouble accessing your emotions or are worried you might not be able to, that you can pull one off a wall, or off, off the shelf and go, that's my happy one, or that's my sad one, or that's my being 18 mm, one. Wow. And it's, it's like uh, plugging in a cartridge, like a video game. And you plug it in and you feel that again. And if it's more nebulous and you can't put your hand on it, you feel a little bit unmoored. And he said that... Those kind of people who, That's those archivists, really nice, yeah. the kinds of people who sort of do a Bob Monkhouse thing of filling their entire house with videos of things they like off the telly, they're often hoping they can yeah. reach out and pull happiness off and go, oh, it's the Morecambe and Wise Christmas Special 77, I'll put that on. Oh, and I, I definitely but feel it, that. I've... Practically, it's not a nice solution, though, is it? Like, for example, we've got to move house and we've got to get rid of <laughs> oh, it's almost awful. everything. It's and absolutely it's like, awful. It's gross. I mean, I'm looking at these DVDs I've got now. I've got Highlander 3, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Gremlins. Uh, I can't get rid of any of those. No, you've tried. But you need to. Highlander 3. Highlander 3 is probably one of the worst films of of all time. I haven't watched it, but I... I, I want to see it. Yes, I don't even you know why know I want there. to see it. You need to know it's I, there. I think, I think it's because it connects. That's a future thing, not a memory thing. But yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's totally, oh, you might you might one day need it. And I do that. I've still got my DVDs. And I always use the argument of, oh, if, you go onto, if you go onto Netflix, and there's a, there's a function you can do on Netflix, which is sort by year of release. Oh, that's cool. And there are no films that have ever been made right. before 1997. So I'm aware that anything I own on, <laughs> apparently, apparently really? the first I'm film ever, Netflix. it's appalling. There's about six films. Because <laughs> they, they, that's not where their business model is. It's new stuff. Um, it's yeah, really hard to watch yeah. old movies. A, a stupid thing, like, uh, I might want to watch The Third Man. 
and it's almost unavailable. Mm. You have to pay like sort of seven quid to the BFI to watch it. And it's insane that like a Powell yeah. and Pressburger movies mm. and things, they're not available on Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. They're quite, or you have to buy them to rent them or whatever. It's all slightly annoying. So I keep my DVDs. But I know that part of that isn't because I want to ever watch them necessarily. So I want to know they're there. And I think that's psychological. And I think it's one of the things that gets forgotten when people talk about clearing out and being very clutter-free yeah. is that some people need clutter. Mm. Some people nest. <laughs> Well, also, when you see those minimalist guys, they're all a bit red pill and sort of Ooh. black T-shirt dudes, aren't they? Have you ever seen Simon Cowell's house? <laughs> no, I, is, it I, very, I, is it very empty? Things you Have take you off around? the telly. No, no, it was a documentary called Being Simon Cowell. I oh, know, actually, I can tell you what people's... Being Simon Cowell's house. Yeah, it, was, it sounded like quite an empty experience. But he, he went yeah. to his house, and he, he, it was being done as if he'd achieved everything. He was like, when he was really riding high, it was like some ITV yeah. documentary, and he went around his house, and there was nothing in it. And I think, well, you've got no culture. Whereas you compare him to someone who I have, a rich person I have admiration for, like Elton John, who's just got shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I get, I get right. Reg. I understand Reg with the shit everywhere. I don't understand how you can have no books. <laughs> Reg with the shit no. everywhere. Yeah, that's <laughs> the singer's back. I think, I think, um, <laughs> but, but Simon Cowell, is that because I, I feel like, and maybe I've, I've been sold this horrible lie that's been happened in the last 10 years with those kind of dudes. In my mind, it's like he has nothing because he's just living in the moment and he's doing deals and creating. And he's I don't call that living. His brain is constantly thinking of all that stuff. Um, not Simon Cowell so much, but yeah. oh no! But whereas, I think if you, if you hear if you hear his yeah. I heard his Desert Island Disc, which is one of the most miserable things I've ever. I'm now talking about Simon Cowell. He did Desert Island Disc. He's a record <laughs> producer. He's, he's an impresario. He's a music biz guy. And it was all stuff yeah, either yeah. his mum liked. He's Mr. Music. Yeah, well, he, play, he played one song that was like something his mum liked. And he went, oh, good, it's a Bobby Darren or something like that. And the second song was another thing by someone who was a bit like Bobby Darren. And they choose six songs that were like things his mum would have played. And I thought, oh, you don't like music. And I think that's how he's able to make oh, wow, such efficient that's music. As I don't think he likes it. I think yeah, I think he likes course. the money. Yeah, and yeah. The business. Well, he did that thing where where they started the X Factor and he sent some scouts out to go round karaoke bars and come back with a survey of the most covered songs. In karaoke bars, and then that's wow, all his acts yeah, did because yeah. he just said, I will respond to other people's music taste. I think he's an absence. And when you look at his house, you go, Oh, I think you're an absence of, of yeah, of, uh, but maybe that's also that's me. I, my, my, myself is definitely in my clutter, it is in my personality is on the walls, and and it's I've, I've got an external yeah. hard drive which contains all my emotions, but I think the vinyl is part of that. I think that's like a big part of how how humans sort of think. Like we, we kind of forget that we're actually <laughs> yeah. just animals, aren't we? Like we, you know, we like things and in stuff. In a cave, like, like, basically. I don't know yeah. if you've read. Um, it, basically, I don't know if you've read. Um, have you read Still Like an Artist? I've heard, have you ever read heard that of it. Book? I've read the first chapter. Yeah. Read the first chapter and stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a big a big part in that. Like there's a. I mean, I think it, unless I'm just I'm just <laughs> yeah. remembering the wrong book. I think it's this book. There's, he talks about the creative process and like everything being on computers now kind of hindering um basically that not being yeah. the way that we're sort of designed as creatures to think so it's so he, he recommends sort of going 3d first not five mm. not 5d unfortunately but you know like like with um sort of pens and paper and laying stuff out and like even clay yeah. and whatever sticking stuff together and moving bits of bits of paper around and seeing what feels right and looks right so actually like you get that feeling of making well, like, something in a kind of literal or see sense. me before you like write a song you do something oh, yeah, okay, yeah and then typing it up or digitizing oh, wow, it or yeah. even if you're like maybe making something in in photoshop or whatever like if you're kind of like you know making little mock-ups out of like 
clay or getting your hands dirty or you know like making like a physical mess or a thing mm. or an object uh you know or, or yeah or literally like a collage of little ideas and, and then and then obviously you still you have to pretty much digitize everything at some point nowadays but but, but, but you see but you see this when there was a lovely i was watching a, an interview on tv with hans zimmer oh yeah uh, and he had he built obviously a very very rich film composer and in his office his work office is just full of clutter and interesting statues and you go oh that's like when you see Guillermo del Toro's office or those film directors they're all full of yeah. clutter and souvenirs and, and mm. things and I think I mean this is my, my room I'm in at the moment which I'm, I'm doing it's full of clutter I'm looking across at a little statue of Parker from Thunderbirds which I might need to inspire me hmm. um, but you fill your house with clutter and I, th- I was talking this morning about a thing that's happening to writers is you're being asked more and more to do pitch decks Mm. Um, which is when you send your script in, it's not just a Word document now, they want you to send in a pitch deck, which is photos from things that oh, it's like and st- mood oh, boards, like, like pitching yeah. adver- uh, like an advert. I've done work for advertising and you always yeah. do it for advertising. You say, it'll be a little bit like this, a bit like Blade Runner and it. it's got a little bit of so-and-so and imagine John Hamm's in it and so you have the picture of John Hamm yeah. and it helps people imagine that world. Mm. And it's kind you of imagine a imagine if John Hamm was in this? And, <laughs> and what you're effectively saying is, imagine it's already successful. <laughs> the, yeah. um, the, the Stranger yeah, Things one yeah, is yeah. hilarious. It's just cut-ups of E.T. and things that go, imagine these films you're ready like and we're going to do them again um it's just a, it's almost babyish but weirdly i was talking about saying it's exactly what you do when you're a kid yeah. where you invent the magic band you're going to be in or the comic you're going to write and you cut up things that you already like yeah a bit of star wars yeah, a bit of that. yeah the collage thing i think is easier with physical objects so when i started writing a thing i wrote a couple of years that was set in the late uh, the early 80s i filled my office with the 80s things like beer mats and things and it made it much easier to write because you were sort of in an immersive hollow deck where you could everything was in reach and you, yeah. and the atmosphere helped and i think it's when you're pitching things when you make mood boards like fashion designers do and creative people do all the time they they make a little book full of scraps mm. and i think your your work environment is much easier to be creative yeah. in if it's full of the albums you like and the books and you can look and see don't have to read the book but even just seeing it spine on the shelf will go oh I remember that and that's a great that is a great scene in that I could be inspired mm. by and I think uh, it's like looking at a big viewer it's as much useful it's as much use as a creative person as that fantasy of going to the seaside to write and stare at the sea mm. and it was funny that I didn't yeah. stare at the sea when I wrote I put on vinyl when I wrote and actually just stared at the computer you don't need an amazing horizon with a with Machu Picchu on uh, sunset to inspire yeah. you you sometimes need the clutter of your childhood or well, Stephen King says you. like not to have that at all to yeah just stare at a wall I've done really good work um, in sorry, shit hotels. Sorry, what was the hotel. thing you said at the end there, Joel? I... Oh, no, I, I, just you, 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 don't, you need the clutter of your childhood. You need the clutter of the things that got you here. You need the clutter of mm. the, the emotions yeah, you felt. Yeah. And the, I think that that idea about saying that your, the clutter of your house, your books and your records and your CDs and DVDs uh, and your souvenirs and your toys and your gonks or whatever you've got, whatever you love, your, your vases and even your clothes you're wearing, will remind you of something. They're, they're shortcuts. It's very inspiring, Joe. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. You've inspired me greatly. No, it's an excuse I, to fill my house with shit and for my wife to not to say get rid of it. I mean, I keep buying more things like this. Look, I've got a little Captain America oh. figure because I know as a kid they never made any proper Marvel figures, really, you know. Look at this. And so I've this got... is like what I would have had as a kid. It was What's so that? exciting. I'm sorry, this is a, a tiny, is it... tiny... It's, Viv- it's Vivian's car from The Young Ones, but made at the scale for a Hornby railway set. <laughs> wow. That's oh, on my wonderful. desk. Just the idea that things people like make that beautiful so things nice, like that. That's great. It's Vivian's uh, car. I know. <laughs> I wish I had a little toy on my desk, but I haven't, so I'm just going to pretend I have. Uh, uh, what else have I got? I've got uh, I think with your... This is, this is, this your is magic, Cindy... though, Pete, is very much a thing you're... 
Cindy toilet. Sorry, a toilet. Bright yellow Cindy toilet from from, um, from a not. I've got a new sketch I love when I was a kid. Someone bought that for me. Oh great! That's a lot bigger than as in Cindy the doll. The doll yeah, she yeah. was bigger than you think, Cindy. Big, big, tall woman. That's a, it's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. I've got an artificial bit of asparagus on my That'll desk. That'll do. <laughs> there we go. It's a big rubbery bit of fake asparagus from when I was trying oh, to cover. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Superman the movie Which, soundtrack, just really? in case oh, I need it. very good. That's big very vinyl, good. Big vinyl, you see. All this Wonderful. shit. Just I've got a, a Wolfman. A Wolfman I found from a junk shop. Nah. For the listeners, we're on Zoom. We're on Zoom yeah. and we're just rummaging and holding up things to the camera. I saw the Wolfman. I saw the Wolfman. But I think that's, that's inspiring as well. This is all, this is all within reach. Yeah. I, I it's sound within reach. Very, I'm sorry. I'm bringing it, it down. It I apologise no, in advance. But, but we're not helping... Well, we're not helping the uh, idea of podcasts being middle-aged men talking about their toys. Is that what we? <laughs> but I think I think I think that's what I find fascinating. I, I, I deliberately bought the most middle-aged thing I'm most ashamed of, and I thought about it before coming. I thought there must yeah. be a way of defending this. I think that the collecting stuff and the filling your your house with gonks and being comic book guy and all that nerdy stuff it gets mocked a lot. But I think that yeah. sometimes it's. There's two reasons for it. One, I could make an argument saying it's practical and you might need it. I, I always say, I've got those DVDs in case someone comes on my podcast, wants to talk about the House of Elliot, I better have it on DVD. Um, they don't. But also, I think there is, a, there is an argument for it as an emotional, not a crutch, which is what people call it, but actually a useful thing, a tool. Like an anchor. Yeah, a tool, yeah, an anchor is a better thing. But it, it, it's, it helps you, I think, sometimes when you're thinking. I think especially if you've got some sort of, you know, trauma or difficulty from childhood or you haven't even recognised what it is or you're not even aware, it's almost like there's safety in it, I think, isn't there? There's a kind of... Um, and also it tells me I can do things weirdly. I watched yeah. this great documentary on He-Man just saying how he gave kids, I think we talked about it on one of these podcasts, but how he gave kids that idea of power and autonomy and stuff. Well, who, who you and are. And there is something. Who you are has come like, from oh, this. I, ca I can do things because I've got Captain America. <laughs> it's weird. Or because I've got these records. It's like a, yeah. Who you are has come from this. A different direction there. That your your character yeah. is built from this clutter. This clutter is is people are assembled from the stuff that got them there. And if you think about it, if you talk about creativity, the greatest film of all time, apart from Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World, the greatest film of all time is Citizen Kane. Blah blah. And that's just about a guy who, when they try and find out what the essence of him is, is his sled from his childhood. There's a piece of clutter that yeah. is the key. That's that's the MacGuffin. That's the key to his personality. Is that he never got over something to happen, to happen to him as a kid. And that is, in inverted commas, the greatest story ever told. It went, oh, it's about a middle-aged man yeah. who was a bit sad, and it turned out his Captain America figurine was everything. I think the junk and the clutter is actually quite important. Can only be a man, though. So. Yeah, but, but women aren't allowed stuff. No, yeah, I, no. I think it, I think it's rem not remotely true. I think men have a tendency to, it and also right. so, societally, it's excused of men. One thing, one thing we found that is a kind of common thread between the things that people are bringing on to our podcast is uh, it is some epic thing, you know, some some maybe an artwork or a song or a film or whatever. But there's always this sort of nostalgia link to it. Like there's maybe something that like their dad used to play or like their brother used to. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always it, it's mm. it's very rarely been like where the artwork itself has been this sort of well because obviously that's not really how art works it's not a self-contained thing you can only perceive it in relation to yourself um, and your mm. your um, surroundings but there's always been this um, it's always part of the story that made them isn't it bloody but hell that's never occurred to me I remember being very very sad when I was about 
11 or 12. And my family went through some really hard shit. My mum had a nervous breakdown and things were difficult. And we were all sort of dealing with, with huge stress. And I was very, very sad and very, very lonely and very, 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 very upset. And my mum came to me and said, have you tried listening to a record? And I hated music. I had no interest in music. At this uh, age, all the, all the other kids were into madness and adamant, and I went, "No, that's rubbish." Like everything else, everyone was into. I thought, "That's rubbish." What you should be into is this, whatever I was into. Uh, and she gave me uh, still my favourite record, uh, "Rubber Soul" by the Beatles, and she mm. said, "Put this on." And I went, "What's that for?" And she went, "It's the Beatles. You'll like this." And she put the needle down on the record, and then showed me you could turn the, the stereo left and right because it was one of those 60s split stereo things. You could hear each individual member of the band. She went, you can turn the drums on and you can turn the bass on. You can hear the different bits. And gave me some headphones and said, sit there and lose yourself in that for an hour. And I did. And I still remember being really happy. It's still my favourite record. Um, and I think maybe that's it. Maybe I remember someone saying, oh, when you are sad, you can play with it. And not just play with it. You can manipulate it. You oh, can add man. things to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, so I was weirdly, I was just on Twitter talking about how much I loved Rubber Soul this morning. I thought, no, that's when I first encountered Rubber Soul. Mm. The copy I've got of Rubber Soul downstairs on my shelf is that copy. Wow. That's my mum and dad's copy. Wow. Um, and yeah, I think it's all an attempt to recapture that moment of going, putting headphones on so the world leaves you and losing yourself completely in sound and also having control of it. Yeah. And, and also the, the, just the fact that yeah. it's a link, a link to your mum maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. And it was my dad's record, so it's a family yeah. thing and, yeah. and there was a story attached to it. My dad yeah. had been given it by a mate of his who worked for a local paper and they, he'd been given it to review. So it's a review copy of Rubber Soul. And his mate had given it to him and said, you can have this, they've gone shit now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's like, is Rubber Soul the one with Michelle on? And yeah, yeah. It's uh, Drive My Car. Yeah, and okay. no, oh, it's wonderful. I love that they've gone shit now. They've gone shit now. All they've got is in my life rubbish <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of I think we talked about this oh, on the podcast wow. I remember, before, I remember hearing yeah. that as a friend it's a very beautiful record it's a lovely record yeah it's the most autumnal. Is there a slight delay? Yeah, I think I think it's you. I think you're getting everything a couple of seconds after us, so that we keep talking over each other. <laughs> but um, but because uh, oh. ju ju judging by your zoom, your um, your picture sort of moves at a different speed to ours. But but um, I don't know. Oh, it does is it? Oh crap! But I mean, I think we've got we've gone by so far. Um, I, I was going to say I was going to say something. So, am I come? Oh, <laughs> let me <laughs> let me just say this. Let me am just I, say this. I, can I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I you. <laughs> um, the, the Beatles have gone shit All right, now. what is it, Pete? Fuck! Oh, forget yes. it, forget it, forget it. Well said, Pete. No, no, come on, I want to hear this. Stop talking there. Come on, you fought for it. I am! I can't... <laughs> Oh, it's going to be worth it. Um, when, uh, when, yeah, you're saying the pieces have gone shit now. It reminds me of you know when Bob Dylan went electric, yeah. and, and he did um, he did a show where the first half was acoustic and the second half um, was electric, and um, and someone was shouting. Yeah, we had, we've definitely talked about this. Someone shouted Judas at him, and he was like, "I don't believe you. You're a liar." You're a liar. And then um, I watched this um, this program, like a documentary filmed at the time um, about that show, and uh, there was this sort of talking head sort of vox pop thing with uh with some english guys that were in uh were in the audience and one of them just comes up and goes bob dylan were a bastard in the second half <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah that's uh that's yeah. that oh, wonderful that's, that's true yeah anyway. I remember when you when you hear a word a sort of swear word like that used wrong or like you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. someone uh um, do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't that's not quite when you normally use bastard sort of yeah. thing? I, my my mate told me once he's um, 
they were on holiday and his dad came down. Uh, they were in a caravan. His dad had been in the toilet for ages. And they were like, what's he doing in there? And then he came out and he'd like lacquered his hair, is that the word, <laughs> into like this amazing kind of like quiff that he'd spent ages on. And then uh, he went, what do you think? <laughs> I never even said anything. I think he just came out with this quiff like... Uh, and he's probably like in his 40s, you know, um, our age, my age. But his wife went, um, oh, Trevor, you look like a right bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, not even know. you look like a silly, a silly bastard, just you look like a bastard. It's, it's misusing <laughs> them, isn't it? I like doing cow for men is really good. You fat, you fat cow is a good thing to call men. I like that. That's uh, good. Calling women yeah. pricks is good. But That's I know the other one, one is when you use a, a yeah. noun as a verb. Remember the first time you heard twatted? How brilliant that was. Oh, it's completely twatted. Yeah. Or oh, it's all to cock. That's what I fucking love. <laughs> yeah, there's always a new way to use a swear word. My Irish friend, I'm, I'm putting my finger up, not in a sort of like, oh, can I say something at last? <laughs> but in a kind of like, um, I, I think I'm delayed, aren't I? <laughs> delayed, yes. But my Irish friend uses the word langard, langard, oh, which yeah. means wankered. That's good. And you can also say, you big langer. Fuck, that's nice. Have you seen any of oh, Nadine uh, Nadine Dorries, or however you pronounce that name, um, of her, her erotic fiction? Yes. Yeah. And that's she amazing. always uses the yeah. word. She always uses the word langer all the time. It's so, like as if that's this common. Like, oh, does she? Yeah. She, like he pulled out his langer. <laughs> it's like, oh man. What, what happens when when a new swear word arrives and that's your surname, like Clive Langer, who produced all the Madness records? He's like, fucking, I remember this fucking swear word wow. now. Yeah. What do you do if you're called Langer? It's like in The Simpsons when uh, the Homer Simpson character in that cop show becomes uh, becomes uh, an idiot. <laughs> do you know, do you know that one? But that that that's a that's a phenomenon. There's a character, actually, oh, there's a character in the cop show called, called Homer Simpson. Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's a that's a yeah, reference to a phenomenon that actually happened, yeah. which is someone someone observed that ages ago. Said you can you can carefully choose your child's name to make sure they're not called Mr. Prick or something. And then if you call your child Bart Simpson, which might happen, and then the show comes out when they're 10, yeah. you've wrecked their life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should have gone with Mr. Prick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All it requires is one serial killer. Yeah, if you're I know Peter someone Sutcliffe. called James Dean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, I know if, someone if, called James Dean, which you think is cool, but actually I think he's quite like, oh, my name's James Dean. Yeah, yeah, like the actor. Do you know what I mean? Then you always but, have to sort of... Yeah. What, you, you're actually James Dean? It's like, yeah, it's just a name, isn't it? But, but if someone gets famous... I'm hating oh, this delay thing. It's really fucking so, me off. <laughs> if someone gets famous after you've been born, that's the real risk, where, like, sort of, you've been called... You've been called Peter Sutcliffe quite happily for years, and then there's a bloody serial killer, and mm. it wrecks everything. You have to change your name, don't you? Mm. I often thought that about Dolph Lundgren, that he's clearly Adolf Lundgren and gone. This, this would <laughs> be very, very bad in America, so... <laughs> oh. I assume. Unless, unless he's Dolfred. And everywhere. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Is, uh, I don't think anyone's called Adolf now. Is, is Adolf like gone from Germany even now? Yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah, there was. A, there was a, I, suppose, I used to live especially. in. I used to live in Munich in, when I was a kid, and um, there was a, this big main street called, called Verdi Straße, like as in Verdi, the composer. Mm. But we looked at some old map, and uh, on the old map, it was still called Adolf Hitlerstraße. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I can see why you changed that. Yeah. Um, well, I loved all that epic thing. I was going to suggest, Colin, I've enjoyed that so much and thought it was a particularly good one that may, I don't know if I can be bothered to do an epic thing today. What do you think? We could, we could, I mean, unless you're burning to burning no. for an epic thing of your own, I think we could go straight to mundane and nice things. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm cool with that, actually. 
if you're cool with that, Pete. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the listeners cool with that. I think they can they get, they get what they're given. Suck it up, bitches. You... <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Basically, our what... friend Tom. Yeah, go on. Listens to every episode, and he's a big fan. He loves it, and he says we could go on for longer. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Tom, must we? And he was like, he was like, forty minutes. It's not enough, though, is it? It's not enough. I'm like, I was like, all right, Tom. He's like, like, I get to the end, you know, and I'm like, I could hear more of that. He was was sort of slightly telling me off, I think. He's gone, where's the rest of the episode? (laughs) um, But uh, I'm very happy to to, to not do more (laughs) because I've really enjoyed it. I think Joel was wonderful. I think it was was very And I don't think I would do justice to my epic thing and the delay thing is really fucking me off. Um, So hard. I think I'm going to grab some water with Pomodoro. Ting. I'm going to grab some water yeah. and then we'll do uh, mundane things. Cool. All right. Yeah. Let's have a little break there. We'll see you on the other side of these adverts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed those lovely adverts. We certainly did. Mm. Colin, have you been finding anything mundane recently? My mundane thing for this week, uh, old friends, is um, time time wasters. People who waste your time because of their own issues. I don't mean time wasters as in... That makes me sound like a monster, doesn't it? I mean, like, as in where someone puts their thing on you and then you spend the rest of the day feeling really stressed or upset or worried. And then it's like, oh, you were just fucking, you were just speaking without thinking. Do you know what I mean? Much like I'm doing now. Uh, and what I, I, I thought I had it really in the bag then. I'm trying to explain it properly. But um, how do I explain it? But it's like, if someone offloads on you and you're like, but but they make a thing your problem, but you can't tell, is it their problem or not? And then you go away and you're like, uh, messaging them like, oh, was that okay? I, I didn't realize, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? And then you realize afterwards, oh, they're fine. They were just, they were just like basically saying everything they were thinking without taking into account that I'm also a human being. There. <laughs> um, <they, <laughs> I'm not talking about uh, my wife. I'm talking about an annoying person who's not a friend or anything. Is this because you, you think um, you sort of 
are prone to really analyzing everything like i think i am as well and overthinking yeah things. and and people just uh, people might say some throwaway thing for them which you end up yeah. ag- agonizing over and worrying about and I, I yeah yeah i guess what what i'm talking about maybe on a big way it probably is a kind of neurodiverse thing again with the adhd again i guess i'm navigating this landscape and i, I feel like there's a certain type of person uh from a sort of older generation where they're God, I'm sounding like the 5D guy now, but where their feelings have never, sadly, have never been given. Um, they didn't, like I say in my show, you know, they didn't have any of those words for neurodiversity or whatever. And so they don't really believe it's a thing, but you can, you're talking to them, you can see loads of shits going off, but you can't explain it to them. And then they just put it all on you. Mm. It's, a, it's like a package you of feelings. You can't even discuss it because they're like, that doesn't even exist kind of thing. Does that all make sense? Yeah, it's like, it's like they, they hand you a package of bad feeling and then you have to, you sit there all day looking at it and then you go, well, this is this is definitely yours, but you won't you won't examine it. So do you want me to keep go through your shit? Yes, that's, fine, yeah. that's it, Joel. I, you put it very well there. My, my dad <laughs> says something like... brilliant to My dad says something brilliant to you. You've talked about the previous generation. My dad says something amazing to you once when I told him I was sad or stressed. I was using all the language uh, of, of like sort of uh, depression and anxiety and things like that. And he said... Have you thought about not feeling that? And I went, well, that's a brilliant solution. And I suddenly realised, no, that was your solution. That's a whole generation solution. That was what keep calm and carry on was. That's how you get through a fucking war. Um, but it's genuinely the, the weird thing about them going, but but so I won't think about that. And then you hand it over and you go, oh, but my generation, we think about this stuff all the time. And certainly my kids do. Mm. Um, so when yeah. you pass me this little parcel and say, I'm feeling terrible. I'm really worried about this. There you go. <laughs> and then you go, oh, God, now I've got to sift through this. I know you're not yeah. going to. And when I give it back, it's going to be no use to you at all because you won't look at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I tell, do you know what? I'll tell you, to explain, yes. But, <laughs> so basically what it was, I'll explain, and then maybe you have to bleep this out or edit it. <laughs> but it was just my because <laughs> we're moving to a place, and she came around with a person and uh, looking at the flat, and he mentioned something about the bath. And then she went into this, like, in the doorway, she kind of ambushed me in the doorway, just like going, oh, and there's that, and there's that, and there's that. And you could tell it was her panic, because she's actually kind of a nice person. It was like her panic towards being criticised. Yeah. But she couldn't deal with the fact, do you know what I mean, that she hadn't got things perfect. So she was just like pouring all this stuff on me. But it wasn't like someone just going, oh, could you please do that? And could you do that? You know, it was like just this fucking... But it comes with And feeling. then I went up... It and comes, then cats on holiday, and I end up like messaging yeah. cat and going like, "Oh, oh, that's really stressful." Blah 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 blah. And then you know, I got back, and then cats went, "Don't worry, I'll message her." And and I like missed my gym session. I like had a really stressful day because it was just in my brain. And then um, cat had messaged her, and she got back to cat, and it's like, "Oh no, it's all fine." Do you know what I mean? Because she'd like, we we resolved all the issues for her. And then it was like, "Oh no, actually, I think the other person taking the flat anyway." And it's like, are oh, you fucking, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like I lost all that time because I just had this, I guess I felt kind of, I kind of felt criticised by her. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's like, because you can't access your emotions and deal with them, you've just bundled me this thing and I now, I'm really stressed for the whole day. Do you know what I mean? It's a trick my, my wife came up with because she has yeah. to deal with it. Her mum's very like that. And we used to call it a parcel of emotions. And the idea, we used to ask each other, have you just been handed a parcel of emotions? And you go, yep. 
Can you check the address? Is it addressed to you? And you're like, nope, it appears to be addressed to her. Well, she can probably have it back then. And it's that thing of going... Oh, that's people, good, isn't it? People that's like good. to evacuate. They, basically, people who can't deal with the emotions, they evacuate them into you and they go... And they don't want you to deal with the problem, the bath. They want you to go, can you feel bad for a bit? Because I hate feeling bad. And Totally, I, that's it. Doesn't it help. And it I, doesn't help. I think also their brain is such... They're, 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 they're like... I mean, like, because, like you say, all the language you have nowadays and all that stuff, you can see how they were kind of traumatised kids in some way. Yeah. Possibly, that they've never dealt with certain things. And and it's like they're, you're just in their head. There's no filter between you and them. There's no boundaries. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, but I'm feeling this, so you have to feel it. And what? But, very often, but then very I'm often not going to help take it off you or anything. So like, I was messaging going, oh, I will do that, you know, blah, 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 because I was feeling really bad. And then she's just not responding to that. And I'm like, you fucking, oh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how much of that we should keep in, but I mean, saying that, we're going anyway, and I very much well, doubt she listens to this, but. Weirdly, it's, you know, that old sort of saying that a problem shared is a problem halved. It's the very yeah. often the situation is a problem shared is a problem doubled, because now you're both in a yeah. bad space. And it's just, it's a really, really weird thing. And you have to just, I don't know, it's really hard to do it. But when someone says something like that to you, you, you sort of think, well, they feel terrible. I should do something about it. And you realise, no, what they're doing is they're trying to not feel terrible by, 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 uh, what do you call it? Uh, like when you, you, you make, make the third world do all your, uh, contracting out. You're yeah. contracting out all your emotions to someone else. Can you feel terrible for me? I'm very busy. And it's, it's that. Yeah. God, it's really, it's, yeah, that's very well expressed, yeah. Joel. That really is. It's, but it's like uh, only at this age I'm starting to realise that stuff exists. Do you know what I mean? It's only now that I'm like, oh, that's that's you're, the thing you're that analysing do. it more, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just aware people do that shit, mm. and I'm like, oh, okay, don't okay. do that again, please. If you're listening and you're one of those guys or girls, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's that's, that's really helpful, helpful advice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, hey, S- hey, Seattle. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe don't go fuck yourself do what you want um, and uh, yeah Pete, you might I, I don't know if you do you know how to do the bleep thing because Chatterbix do it very funnily where they just they basically keep the whole thing in and just bleep out the names and stuff um, bleep out names as, easy, in, e- as, as in, in bleep out oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can bleep, I can find a way yeah no problem it might um, be better I'm, to do that rather than try and cut around it but anyway yeah yeah sure yeah, I've, done, I've done that. There I, did, you go. I, I, I bleeped out the name of a television program I'd signed an NDA not to talk about, oh, and, really? then descri- and then described the television program so simply that anyone could work out what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's a mun- that's a mundane thing. Um, mine, mine. I've got such a minor one, but it just it just annoys me. And it's when people when you make a uh, a joke on social media, like a funny tweet, funny status update, whatever, and people try and be funny in the replies to it. Hate it, hate it. Um, oh, and I yeah. mean, sometimes again, it, the emojis thing, the emojis and gifs and stuff. Oh yeah, I hate that as well. Yeah, but you know, when they're, ah. when, when they're sort of riffing on the joke, but they're just either making the same joke but phrasing it like a bit worse because it's like, you know, yeah, I actually thought about how I phrased that, and that's that's the that's the best way yeah. to phrase it. Um, and they're like, yeah, blah blah blah. It's like, yes, that was the joke, but you've just made it shit. Um, or <laughs> Yeah, or, or like they, they they do some other sort of weaker joke that you thought about and decided not to go with it. Oh, more like, uh, you should have said this. It's like, no, I shouldn't. You, you say that in your own account if you want. <laughs> anyway, it sounds kind of um, 
probably like I'm a dickhead saying that because it's like, no, my joke is the only funny one. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, that's... I don't. I I get now because I was in Afterlife. I get um, people like do the worst thing, which is like because my character like says your like your choice and the taxi driver. I'm a taxi driver. That thing. Yeah. So I'll make a big joke and they'll go, oh, were you were you driving your taxi at the time? I'm like, <laughs> nice. Well, that's yeah. like that's like doesn't even yeah. make any sense. Nice. And like, nice. <laughs> yeah. Or I've seen I've seen with or, yours. Or they'll as just well. go, maybe you should talk to Ricky Gervais about that. <laughs> I bet he's got some ideas. <laughs> oh god. Like, what? Oh god. <laughs> Again, okay, we're just losing followers by the shitload, saying yeah, all the shit. But, you fuck know. We're, 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 we're skimming. <laughs> oh, you still there? Have I lost everyone? Can you? Oh. I'm, I'm here. No, no. Which is no, which is no use. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, are you there? He's gone. He's dead. Oh, uh, murdered by a follower. Didn't that was it. He's been cancelled. That's what. Yeah, this is cancel culture. Just mention really fucking Gervais. Just mention Gervais. Oh, the pylon wow. happened straight away. Wow, cancelled by technology. Fuck. Elon Musk or whoever, whoever <laughs> runs this software. Colin Holt has gone away. That's a message I'm getting. That's a euphemism. He's passed away. Um, he has gone beyond. He's, Colin Holt has gone beyond. A good noise. Hello. Hello. You've disappeared from the clean feed. I think it must be my Wi-Fi. I've taken it out and put it back in again. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry, never done this before. No, no, no problem. Um, well, you know what? Seeing as we're kind of at the end, do you want to wrap this up on? You're on speakerphone currently. Do we wrap it up over speakerphone? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do this. Um, uh, well, I think we should. We should well, thank. Did Joel have a mundane thing? Oh yeah, did Joel have a mundane thing? Do you want a mundane thing? I'll give you a mundane. Thing. I just only thought of one, yeah. which is uh, you know when you're driving along, yeah, uh, in a car. If you drive a car. And someone's going to cross the road and they look the opposite direction from the traffic before stepping out as if to say, <laughs> if they can't see your car, it doesn't exist. And then when they get to halfway across the road, they look the other way away from that traffic as a kind of, it's your problem that I'm crossing the road thing. <laughs> you, it's almost like a challenge to say, how alert are you? And you go, no, look towards the traffic and I'll do a polite nod and things. And it's, I find it enormously triggering, not just because it's dangerous and I have to slam the brakes on because they step out in front of the car, but also because I hate not being seen. Yeah. I hate that like, like people push past you in a doorway and things. It's just this strange thing of going, if we don't make eye contact... It's a very urban thing, very London thing as well. Yeah, if we don't yeah. make eye contact, then then you don't exist. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm in a fucking car. I could <laughs> I kill very you. much exist. Yeah. Could you look towards me? Because it's in your interest to look. And all you have to do is change, swap the direction you're looking as you cross the road so you're looking towards the thing that could kill you. Don't look. And it's it's kind of a metaphor for people just avoiding facing death. They won't look at it. And you want to go, look at it. Look at death. Death <laughs> is coming. Um, it just drives me fucking mad. <laughs> oh, Colin's back. To- hey, hello. Hello. Yeah, hello. Okay. Right. I, mi- I missed all of that, but I sort of quite enjoyed it because You'll um, agree. You'll it agree was with like, it. it was like Pete was suddenly like, uh, it's like, you know, when you're going, can you tell your mother that blah, blah, blah. And they're going, yep, okay, yep, yeah, yep, no, they say yep. that they don't, they're not coming. <laughs> I, I said I find it really annoying when Colin's Wi-Fi shit. And it was, it was yeah. yeah, it is quite annoying, that is. 
<laughs> is it the Wi-Fi's back now? Look at this. Yes, yeah, lovely, fresh. fresh. It feels so. Fresh. What a clean feed. Oh, it really it is. is. It really is. Oh, <laughs> other brands as, are available as advertised. Brilliant. <laughs> what a waste um, of. No, I had a wonderful time. What was the thing? In I was saying. I, I was just saying. I would get annoyed when people when they cross the road in front of your car, they look away from the traffic, and then they get to halfway across and they look the other way. So they're as if to challenge you, saying, "If I can't see your car, you can't kill me." And yeah. I kind of want to go. Can you look towards the danger? It's just a general thing about life. Can you face death? Can you just stare at it rather than looking away from it? Because then you're making it feel like it's my problem. And it's I not. learned to drive quite late on, and you're you're amazed at how absolutely mad people are, aren't you? Yeah, and it's, it's like a challenge. They just walk thing. straight into the. They just yeah. They don't it's even done, think it's about done with it. the sort of thing of going that if you run me over, I'll sue you. And you know, well, that, 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 because then you're dead. Or uh, it's just a sort of strange arrogance in it, and I find it really, really fucking triggering. It just drives me absolutely mad. Yeah. Uh, because it's a, it's 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 a deny. That's a purely human thing, and through my psychology, it denies I exist. And I, I'm in a car. I could wow. kill you. Can yeah, you yeah. acknowledge you my take, existence? You, do you actually take slight offence to it? I, yeah. I, it's not I, a danger I, thing. Do you know what this show? This is revealing how little I think of myself. When I when I first started <laughs> driving, I literally when someone would like move into another lane part of me will go yeah they didn't like me <laughs> that's mad isn't it i've come to accept now everyone's just driving but in my head yeah. i was like yeah i get it i guess you it's don't, not, you don't want to be in the same lane as this loser <laughs> i got told i got told something by my, my driving instructor i took forever to pass and then when i did pass i, I didn't drive for about 25 years because i thought it was i was dangerous i thought i was just a hazard oh, wow. and my yeah. driving a, lot instructor people, said, a lot of people have that yeah i, I had to I, a lot I, of people who get that I learned to drive again. I've retaught myself when I had a kid because I thought I'd have to drive to the hospital and shit. But I would avoid doing it. And my driving instructor mm. said, your, your brain's somewhere else all the time. And I went, well, that's just normal. That's me. And as, as I'm sure you know, having had a neurodiverse diagnosis, mm. your brain sometimes is somewhere else. Mm. And my one was always worrying about things like that, like personal slights. Uh, how does gravity work? Will the wheels stay on the axles? I had this <laughs> constant burst of anxiety about everything apart from what was right in front. Right down the bottom of the list was the other cars on the road and whether I could hit them. Yeah. Yeah. And I suddenly realised yeah. when I got much older that for other people, that's the top of their list and that's why yeah. they're better drivers than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going things like, going, I'm worried about things like uh, like uh, what's on the stereo, uh, what's in the boot. I start worrying about <laughs> luggage capacity. I oh, worry I about everything. Yeah. I and, get if you drop the kids off somewhere and they've been in the car and then I'm about 10 minutes later, I just freak out. Where are the kids? Where are the kids? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like really, and, and I have to go through every step. But I find weirdly with the ADHD, the driving is like one place, driving and on stage, which makes it sound like a total wanker. But driving is the one thing where I'm like in a Zen place because yeah. I only actually, apart from those moments with the kids in the car and stuff, I only actually really have to think about one thing. Yeah. And that is driving. Yes, it's, and when think, I'm on stage, I guess I can't think about. You yeah, know, I'm not about. I'm not a bad driver now, but yeah. I had to. I had to learn to do that. I had to learn to not let the other things be equal priority. Right. I, I do things like I, I drive along the A12 a lot, which is where I come from, and there's there's houses all well on the A12, and I'd be driving along wondering what everyone was having for dinner in all the houses, <laughs> and what how were they were happy, and what they did for jobs, and then it was it literally is a keep your eyes on the road thing, and it was just because there's too much data coming in. Mm. Yeah, and it would just completely overwhelm me. And the data would include things like the sounds of the engine, and I'd get totally distracted. Certainly as a kid, mm. I, so I was, I was, I should never have, as a teenager, been allowed a car. <laughs> the data, oh yeah, I mean that's probably the case across the board, isn't it? But the the, mm. the data thing coming in, I walked through London yesterday. Um, oh my god, and I was like, I can't believe I lived here for ten years. Like, just the <laughs> and I was walking through, you know, sort of East London, 
everyone's on the phone everyone's it's very nathan barley kind of feeling you know yeah and everyone's sort of like talking into their phones and stuff but just the amount i'm like how does anyone live like this this is horrendous Do you know overwhelming it's so overwhelming. Um, Joel, I, we normally end on a nice thing. Yeah. Um, I thought, uh, do, you mi- do you mind us talking about the neurodiversity thing? Or is that... If you want to, you talk yeah. about? I was just going to... I just really liked your um, explanation that you use about... And forgive me, I've got it completely wrong. But it, how the way it feels is like you've got all the... Um, all the channels open on a sound desk. Yeah, it's a missing desk. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still wa- I'm still waiting for a diagnosis, which annoyingly is taking ages, which is really hard for an ADHD person. So if I have got yeah. ADHD, the <laughs> worst thing is to not be able to find out straight away. Um, yeah. I think I've got something along those lines. I'm not sure what it is, but it's somewhere yeah. in that spectrum somewhere. Yeah. We uh, had, so Joel, Joel and I, after the last time I got very drunk, uh, <laughs> Joel and I had a long chat after my show. He came to my yeah. show and we... It had a wonderful chat, didn't we? Well, it was I nice. Did. It was did really you? lovely. Yeah, yeah no, I, I enjoyed I it too. Going, did he like that chat? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there were two people. We talked at the same time over the top of each other for, for hours. Yeah. Um, but it's, no, it's, there is sometimes, it's weird when you meet someone else who's got ADHD. This is rapidly becoming the ADHD podcast, but like sometimes you meet someone who's got ADHD, I find it can be really annoying and I can't bear them. And I think it's because there's, I said, it's like, this is a horrible image, but it's like two dicks. <laughs> and, it is, and it is also two dicks. It is also two <laughs> dicks. Two, yeah. two massive dicks. But, um, but sometimes, and I think maybe it's when the other person isn't, I guess it's, again, like the person I was talking about earlier, it's like when you're not, you don't have any diagnosis or frame of reference or everything. But when like me and Joel were chatting, it's like a, again, another Zen state because it's like, right. Oh, okay. You get it now. Yeah. I want to hear everything you have on this. Like, <laughs> do you know what well, I mean? My, and, and then we just, and you sort of link and then it's well, like the a, thing. The thing I was saying, the, the, the thing that made me think sorry. it might, it might, yes, it might be a beautiful thing. A dick and a lovely dick holder. Um, <laughs> it's a dick going into a dick holder. <laughs> a dick, one of those, those tea towel racks, like a cat's bottom. One of those. Uh, yeah. Sure. Whatever, whatever turns you on. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah uh, but yeah. I was talking about, so the, the, the closest I've come to, I think saying maybe that's what it is and talking to other yeah. people who definitely are somewhere on that spectrum was my, my description because i come from a music background i've been in the bands and things it's a mixing desk and all the faders are open all the time and um, if someone comes up to you and says have you got room for another tambourine and you go no no i've got 16 tracks all playing at once and they're all really loud guitars constantly yeah. and they say well can you fade some of those down i went not this one not the one on the left i need that one and they go is that you thinking about something that happened to you when you were six yeah it needs to be up all the time thinking about it constantly yeah. is that something someone said to you at a party when you were 11 yes that needs to i need that one and they go well why not fade one of those down then we've got room for the tambourine that is are you picking the kids up or uh, a script idea yeah, yeah, yeah. and i find it really hard to, to put the new input in and work out which track it can go on and the answer is you can turn a lot of those down if you think about yeah. it, but to not be aware ever that I had all those things open. And people often say to me, where, where have you gone? Where, where's your brain? I'm going, yeah. I'm thinking about 400 things at once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you don't need to think about 400 things at once, but it's really hard to tell your brain that when that's been its survival technique for the whole of your life has been, I can stay pretty alert as long as I'm alert in 360 degrees in five dimensions. Um, and it was a survival was, technique. Cat was, or five, five D. Cat five was D, telling me the other ages ago it's just, it's just it's, now it's great because she used to go like oh you're just not listening you're not do you know what I mean you're not like you know you're not interested and now she knows that it's not that and she used to go to me the other day she goes, she's telling me something about the kitchen she went are you thinking about Elvis and I went yes because <laughs> 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 I'd seen the Elvis film and it was yeah. just there for, and, for but, a couple but, of days but it's not like but that makes it sound a bit 
Yeah, but that makes it sound a bit like it's like, oh, I'm just a bit absent-minded or I'm just, I'm not really interested in you, I'm just thinking. But it's not. It's like, exactly like you say, it's like all these TVs or channels or whatever on at the same minute. Yeah. And, and again, with that experience I had yesterday or the day before, whatever it was, I also have no concept of time because of it. But um, that, <laughs> the, the thing, what she, what she was doing by offloading that information, to me, it's more like a jug that's full. Yeah. And like... I've got, all this, oh, I've got a lot of childcare stuff I have to work out at the minute. I've got my show going on and then I've got these meetings coming on, all this kind of stuff and tidying the house and all that shit. And then this person, and then she was coming around and showing people around all that. So that. So that was like hell for me. And to then do that, it's just like, there is no room in this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm full of water. If you put the, anything else, it's just going to spill kind of thing. I think the useful thing um, I found out was, was, with the truth of it, and I, again, this again, it may be only applicable to me. The truth of it for me was to realise that it's only an illusion that I'm full. I feel like everything's open. I feel constantly like like I've got yeah. too much on. And actually, what you can do when someone comes to you and says, "Oh, by the way, uh, you've got to phone the plumber," yeah. you can go. Actually, I know what I'm like. So. Is the plumber important? Yes, the plumber is really important. And actually, what I'm thinking about, I have to do when I sign off. Uh, so what I should do is probably fade down thinking about that novel I was going to write uh, three years ago and put the plumber on that track. We can bounce that yeah. down and actually yeah. go, oh, suddenly I can function. And I think to realise that I was I was constantly going, my first response to any new information or any new input was to go, that's too much. And the answer is, no, it's only too much because you've you've left everything else going. Um, and yeah, totally. Yeah. And and calling the plumber or whatever that it takes like twenty seconds. Like there's yeah. no. But the panic about the plumber very, thing happening. Oh, can be like. Yesterday I was sat on the train. Sorry, we do need to end, don't we? But yesterday I was sat on the train, <laughs> going to a casting, and I was like, I need to read this casting. And he, and I'd read it quickly before, but I hadn't properly focused on it. And I was literally on my phone, just opening everything, answering every email, opening things like, um, you know, like. Uh, 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 so just like a a piano learning tool that I've never opened before, just to not open yeah. the other thing. And I'll it's, do that. <laughs> it's so mad. So <laughs> you're filling this, but that's like, but that's good because that's buzz, 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 buzz. The other thing is like a real thing that I have to turn other things off to do you deal find, with and stuff. Here's, here's a very, very useful tip that I don't follow at all, which is really good. Do you find that that plumber thing, mm -hmm. as in very often the thing you're putting off will take 20 seconds? And it'll go away. Yeah. But what I find is that by not doing it, I can increase the level of drama in my life and the level of noise and panic to a quite comforting mm. level of screaming by not doing it. And I find that quite mm. relaxing to be, going, oh, everything's everything's on fire. Whereas actually, if I yeah. just make the phone call, then basically it goes away. And it's there's a joke I used to have with, with Jason a lot, which is we can't do something about this or it'll go away. Which is, which is as in, if you just answer the problem, it goes away. And then you go, yeah, oh, it's really, yeah. really quiet. And you realise, were you after the noise? Do you find the noise comforting? And the answer for me, I think, is I find the panic and the racket quite comforting because I'm used to it. It's normal. So I find mm -hmm. that the, the, if someone says, have mm -hmm. you opened the gas bill and paid it, which might take 20 seconds, by not doing that, I can keep that at a level of noise that will sustain me in a familiar, comforting, panicky space for days on end. <laughs> did you grow up with that kind of noise as in oh, literal Oh, God, yes. Noise? Literally, my yeah, mum... Yeah. My mum's a loud screaming noise. You know, no, like a siren, like a siren constantly going yeah. off. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You just never... Like, cat... cat Cat's house was like I, I, I've in a bit of material I do. I talk about how it's like walking into Narnia. So like da 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 yeah. da, da da, you know. Um, when I first went there, whereas in my house it was just like, why aren't you talking? He answered, oh, what's going on? <laughs> 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 
if you stop talking, my mum would say, why isn't he talking? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, why isn't everybody all talking and yeah. the TV's on really loud? They've now got a budgerigar that they play <laughs> called, called Loki. That, that's fine to have a budgerigar, but he sits on the table and they play a radio next to him at full volume because Loki likes it. Uh, and at oh the same God. time, they've got the TV on and... And sometimes something on a on their tablet or whatever, and they're chat and they're talking as well, really loudly. And I, I you walk in, it's just like, how are you? How are you like able to hear any of these? But I mean, I guess I guess she's you know they're they're living in this, up, that same space that we're talking about. So. If you grow up with that, you get used to it, and it becomes yeah. comforting. And I, the, one of the one of the yeah. weirdest ideas that I had to get used to in the last couple of years trying to deal, especially during lockdown and things, I was thinking about this a lot, was that I find panic comforting. Yeah. I find the racket pump comes in because I'm used to it. Mm. I, I've been designed to deal with a level of sort of ambient panic. Mm. Um, and uh, what I worry about more than anything is that if I just answer that email, <laughs> my wife says it a lot, says, have you answered that email? No. Why? Because if I don't answer it, it gets difficult. And if it gets yeah. difficult, then I'm, then I'm too busy to do the other stuff. And it's it's quite, it's a, it's a comforting place to be, to be completely overwhelmed and completely overloaded. Uh, and actually the, the sensible thing to do is to literally, like they always tell you, make little lists, put the, yeah. put the things that need to be done, and also I find a bit like with your record and maybe it doesn't feel like this for you, but what it made me think of is what I'm doing very much at the minute, which is like, and this is so hard with, with everything being digital and online is like, I'm picking up the plate. I'm going to the kitchen. I'm yeah. putting it down. I'm not literally saying those things, but I'm just kind of like feeling and, the reality I'm trying to weirdly enjoy mindfulness, the, the feeling of a plate touching yeah. the thing. And it's mindfulness basically, isn't it? What I'm describing. Yeah. Fuck. I thought I was really on something then. I was thing. like, oh, that no, was the new 5D. <laughs> but also, my, mindfulness annoyingly I was isn't bullshit. Mark that idea. Mindfulness, <laughs> what, sorry? My, the fact that mindfulness isn't bullshit is one of the most annoying things ever. It does really help sometimes oh, to ground wonderful. yourself and, and feel it's where you are. Thing. And uh, physical objects really help. And surrounding yourself with stuff that you recognise and feel safe with is good. Because you need something else to comfort you apart from noise, uh, yeah. if you're used to noise. Uh, finding other, finding comforts. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's healthy. And, no. <laughs> like it's well, not are, you all, this, are you all right? Are you helpful? okay? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, do you know what? I think this little pod's cured my hangover. Hey, it's <laughs> right now. And I feel like we've gone full circle. We went back to the record. Fuck, Lovely. that was good. Uh, a little five, was good. a little five D reference at the end. With all, oh, yeah, it's all everything tied together. That was like an Edinburgh show. That was such like, a professional. Such a professional. It was like callbacks and <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, I've enjoyed I don't this. want it to end, but I think it has to <laughs> it end. It must, it must. Tom doesn't want it to end. I've got to I call get, the By the way, I, a big shout <laughs> out to Tom. Who's Tom? Oh, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom your our best friend, mate. Our no, friend Tom. No. Our listener. Tom, our friend, who's our favourite listener, who's who's our big listener. I wanted to give a big shout out. Then the shout out we've I got, did We've earlier, got one listener. <laughs> I feel like I was being quite, actually quite sort of taking the piss out of him, which I'm sorry, Tom, I don't mean to. We all love you. Um, but um, thank you for listening, Tom. Also, very quickly, can I just... Sorry, you've got to call a plumber. <laughs> and I know it's going to take you hours. I've got hours. a list. I've got a list. It's going to take you hours. I 100% guarantee I will not do it when I ring off. It'll <laughs> be this afternoon. other listeners, because we say, can everyone please, uh, not can everyone, can everyone please fucking <laughs> tweet us or whatever with their mundane and epic things. Um, and please do that. But you know what? I'm going to scrap that. And I'm going to say, we'll do that thing. So it's going to take me forever to find it. And we all need to go. But um, next time we will we will discuss the thing that one person sent in. Yeah, one person, one person did, sent in a thing. What it was, but we'll, we'll, His we'll name was Matt. It. 
He's a nice guy. He lives in Nottingham and he came to see my show in Nottingham. He's a lovely chap. Yeah. Um, I think he might have done one of those taxi driver jokes as well. So I'm sorry if I insulted you, Matt. <laughs> Please don't stop listening to the show. We love you. Um, and next time we'll talk about your thing. Well, Joel, thanks so much, buddy. Um, oh, everyone for, listen to Comfort Blanket. Yes. Listen to it's Comfort good. Blanket. Also, um, it's comforting. I've, I've just ordered, or I um, rather pre-ordered your book, Joel. You've got a comedy writing book coming out, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes. Um, oh, comedy I didn't Basic. know that. It's called, called, what's it called again? It's called Comedy Basic. And if you look on Unbound, who are the publishers, uh, we just we just funded it and it's going to happen, as in I've got to finish Great. writing it. Uh, but it's going to explain, it explains how comedy and jokes work a little bit like one of those play-in-a-day guitar books that teaches you three chords. Because uh, I reckon right. that you can break comedy down to really, really simple components. Uh, what what it's doing to your brain and why you're delighted by it. I've talked to some neuroscientists. I've got some science in there. And it's it's good. It's a good, it's a good idea. It's a book I wanted to read when I was a kid. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to receiving fantastic. it I've ordered, I've ordered it it's coming I read the little um, the thing about the Simpsons you wrote the other day and yeah. loved that because I'm a massive Simpsons fan and um, yeah it's great really enjoyed it thank you um, oh great yeah. oh I will be reading that as well yeah at some point it's on the list read the first <laughs> it chapter be. it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also we have a Patreon um, we, nobody is a, <laughs> nobody signed up to it yet but in theory you could give us some money if you wanted we made yeah. uh, we, we might not need it we made £6.79 um um, last month so I mean oh, when there you, we go. yeah there we, there go. we go I mean uh, this the clean feed um, which is the software we use to record it is £15 a month so, so if, we, if we can nail that <laughs> if we can, yeah. but we're, we're having a great time aren't we Pete but uh, it's yeah. early days in the podcast and there's been so much going on that we haven't but I think I think once my show's out of the way we'll be able to uh, focus a bit more and all that stuff oh, but, but please do yeah, yeah. Patreoners if you would like if you would like and followers and all that stuff and follow, yeah. follow Joel and Pete Thanks, Joel. We, I'm going to let Joel joy. go. That was lovely. Yeah. I'm going to let him lovely escape. To speak to you. It always is. Lovely to, lovely to speak oh, to you. Guys. Absolutely yeah. wonderful, Joel. And let's yeah. catch up next week anyway. Definitely. Right. Cheers, Cheers, buddy. Speak soon. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.